Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Russian towers about the American. It's a true case of David and Goliath here. It's unbelievable the, the, the condition of both men have I must break you. So that's what Judd says to me before every show. I must, I must break you. And today. it's one of two lines. <laughs> that's all I'm given. Action movie rewind on this Friday dives into one of the greatest cinematic treasures of all time. <laughs> but first, let's talk about Federated. Federated is here to help business owners in the state of Minnesota. Uh, well, I, I, I believe, and maybe some, some, some of you have probably been listening to this podcast by the time this news has come out. But Governor Walls is going to announce even more additions and uh, and lifting restrictions on businesses. So it's a time of change. It's a time of turmoil in some ways. If you are a business owner, it helps to have the frontline protection and the peace of mind that comes along with Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Over 100 years of experience helping business owners based in Owatonna, Minnesota. They are a local company. And you business owners are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And if you need trusted resources, you can find them at federatedinsurance.com or call your local marketing representative to access those trusted resources you may need here. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, welcome into the show here, Mackie and Judd. We appreciate everyone sticking with us. We are now just about three months in without sports, but we will talk about the sharpening of baseball's pencil and what it might mean for the Twins later on in this show, specifically if they play that really short proposed schedule. What could that mean for the Twins? We'll wrap with Royce later on. Uh, And for everyone who's been listening, we thank everyone who's given us those five-star reviews on Apple and everyone who continues to support us, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. And uh, our daily Vikings conversations as well at the the Purple Daily podcast feed on those same places and YouTube.com slash score north. But gentlemen, this has been this has been 10 days. This has been 10 days going back to last Monday. And we've had a lot of difficult, uncomfortable conversations and we've had some great guests. And we encourage anyone to go back and listen to John Thomas, go listen to Ryan Saunders, listen to our conversations over the last few days. But. Damn it, let's have some fun off the top of the show today. You guys want to do this? Oh, I'm excited. Wait, hold on a second. This is a very serious conversation that we're about to have still. I mean... Why can't you change your thinking? Everybody else does. Because I'm a fighter. That's the way I'm made, Adrian. That's what you marry. We can't change what we are. Can't change anything, Adrian. All we can do is just go with what we are. Let's fire it up. Welcome to the party, pal! Action Movie Reviews with Mackie 
Judd and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Today's Action Movie Rewind is all about Rocky IV, 1985, gentlemen. 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Criminally low. I don't know. I 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. What were the... Can I applaud... Like, what, what were the other 60% thinking Correct. when they got done with this experience? <laughs> A lot of things. Can I applaud one thing, though? We have finally, in doing this segment now for how long? Month and a half, two months, three this months? This is like our 10th one, I think. Okay. Yeah. We have finally hit on a film that exploits the Cold War and actually is at least semi-accurate in the fact that there was a Cold War ongoing. You know, Rambo 3, Cold War, it was really pretty much dead. The 90s Cold War attempts, what are you doing? The starting point, I think, here is bravo to Rocky for for going after a storyline that at least in 1985 still made some damn sense. So here's the summary of of Rocky IV. Sylvester Stallone is back for the fourth time as Rocky Balboa when an invincible computer-trained Soviet boxer, Ivan Drago, kills his friend Apollo Creed in a one-sided exhibition bout. This is supposed to be an exhibition! That corner guy is absolutely my favorite. Rocky must get ready for for one more... Throw the damn damn towel! Rocky must get ready for one more impossible bout against the Russian killing machine. Even though there is probably never any real doubt as to the outcome of this fight, this film will likely have viewers on their chair's edges one more time. 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, a $28 million budget for Rocky IV that pulled in $300 million at the box office. And it's only a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't well, understand that. I mean, those people. Well, hold on a second. A lot of people probably watched it and thought, Rocky, I saw Rocky. And wait, hold on a second. This is part of the Rocky series? Well, didn't the original Rocky was cinematically acclaimed. The original and, Rocky and is fantastic. Oscar and stuff, right? Yes. And this is a better movie than the original Rocky. I will say, for, the, before we get into any of these discussions, this is one of my two favorite movies of all time. Rocky <laughs> Four and, and Rounders is the other one. Oh, Rounders is fantastic. Two of my, wait, favorite, wait, wait, my wait. two favorite movies of all there time. There can be a difference between something that you um, sentimentally look back at and enjoyed as a film and the acknowledgement that it doesn't come close to the original. Now, for you, it might. No, this is a better movie oh, than the are. original Rocky. You know what? The original Rocky is slow. The, in fact, the original Rocky <laughs> is not even one of the four best Rocky movies. Oh, the drug testing portion of today's program. Declan, how many Rocky movies have you seen? I've, You're the youngest one of the bunch here. I have actually, I've only seen four in one. Okay. But I've seen Creed's. Okay, the, those the, count. The, and those those count. Okay, yeah. Those 100% I love, count. love Creed. Because both Creed movies, to me, are better than the original Rocky. Yes, it's unbelievable. Also, Rocky Four is the prequel to Creed and Creed Two. They basically just like, wipe over Rocky Five altogether. I will say this. The, the original Rocky now, while perhaps it's been dated... Keep in mind when that came out, it was fantastic. Yeah, like a, at that at it's that a great time. Movie. Don't get but, me wrong; it's a great and movie. At that time, it broke some ground. This was this was um, candy store fun, man. Rocky it, Rocky Four is candy store, but it's fun. Candy store fun is I'm fine with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So, but think about this: so it's action packed. It's an hour and a half, so it gets it just it's everything in 90 minutes. <laughs> it includes so many great <laughs> themes and so many so many great. Struggles. There's Apollo Creed versus his own mortality. There's Russia versus the United States. Yep. There's Rocky versus a killing machine boxer. There's Rocky and Adrian's marriage. 
about to blow up in this movie? There's like think about how many storylines they packed in. There's this to kid, 90 minutes. There's this kid who seemingly is left at home yes. when mom decides to join dad in in Russia, which, which I believe I, I read is actually a, a uh, Wyoming set of they, some they sort that some, they went to the, the, Wyoming. Yeah, they and filmed Vancouver. some of it in Wyoming and some of it in Vancouver. Okay, yeah. but I love how the kid. With his buddies watching the fight, is seemingly left stag. He's just alone and he's in his mansion. He's got two friends. I I, can't, I wrote that down in my notes too. I was like, they just left him with the robot and two kids on Christmas Day. Happy, on Christmas Day, happy, they left their kid alone. Happy birthday, Polly. Happy birthday, Polly. I forgot about this. So the fight was on Christmas. So Adrian was not there with her child on Christmas Eve or Christmas. She, they just left him. They left him with a ca- robot. <laughs> Seemingly, she bolted weeks beforehand oh, to join Rocky because she missed the hubby in Russia while Junior just stayed in the mansion. It's amazing. Uh, but, like, the other thing I love about this movie <laughs> is not only does it include some of the most ridiculous and amazing training scenes of any Rocky movie, but every time you think there's going to be a lull, right? Every time, like most movies have like a 10 minute lull that you could probably cut out or action movies. All right, we're going to try and do some character building over here. Yep. So the characters are already built going into this movie. So they don't have to waste like 30 minutes (laughs) with character building. By the way, thumbs up to that. I love it. Great pace. But the pace pace is great at every turn. Every time the movie slows down even a little bit, like, okay, Apollo gets killed in the ring and then they transition to the funeral scene and it's like <laughs> the quickest funeral yeah. the, that, the funeral scene I didn't time it the funeral scene has to be it's like 60 seconds Maybe, and then they're yeah. just like into the press conference Rocky versus Drago I'm gonna miss him then there's Rocky's first training scene in Russia and he gets done and then eight and then Adrian finally shows up mm-hmm. and you think okay now we're gonna we're gonna slow down here for a little bit no it's like a 30 second conversation like all right I'm back you're back boom into the next training scene <laughs> it's amazing no the 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 pace of Movie in this instance is one of the greatest I've ever seen. It's the Mark Burley of action movies. Yes. Just get up and throw the ball, and, baby. And the funniest thing, there's a lot of things that are pretty funny, but the funniest thing to me is is not just the montages, which I'm sure we're going to oh, talk about extensively, God. but it's also the willingness to slow-mo anything you possibly can. The towel flying into the ring when Rock throws it late as it's too late to save his friend Apollo. The fact that they slow-mo the towel going towards the ring with the mat is just fantastic. It's so 80s. All right, so let's start with, we'll start with Judd here. Your favorite part of Rocky IV. Okay, I'm going to take a a large section. It's the first part, but it is, and so full disclosure, I saw this uh, film at the age of 15 at the old Knollwood Mall. Wow! Back when they had a theater, I was in the downstairs portion. I was uh, it was 1985, as Phil just said, and um, I had forgotten about this part, part, or perhaps at that age, I just didn't care or know. My favorite part is the obvious, and really, the writers did nothing to to convey that they might be tricking you, and they weren't. The obvious death wish of one Apollo Creed. Like everything yeah, about the it's, setup it's to that film was, he's going to die. In fact, I would argue I would have been disappointed if he hadn't died, because the whole thing, you know, oh, that's right, and he's making fun of uh, of uh, Drago, and you know, I'm going to teach that James guy James Brown, and yeah, James Brown, and then, but then the great part too is is Rocky is I would say leery of the fight. Adrian is desperately trying to tell him, no, you don't, do you this, don't need to do this. You yeah. don't need to. And it's the most like obvious, like, 
we're going to kill this character. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the film because by the time they kill him, it's like, I was waiting for this. So Apollo is clearly going through some dark, deep-seated depression issues. And if you follow up the the 30-year the string of like Rocky V into Rocky Balboa and then into the Creed series. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, Declan, because you've seen the Creed movies. Have you seen the Creed movies, Judd? Or? No, I've not. Oh, oh dude. They're they're all, I, I heard they're, they're good. unbelievable. I do have a I have, question. Well, I have to but, resend my pick now. So if I recall right, the, the, the setting up of the Creed movies, like their way to get that story launched was – Hey, this is an illegitimate son of Apollo Creed. Like he cheated on his wife right around the time that he died. Had an illegitimate Wouldn't son. Wouldn't still make the kid too old to have been boxing? No, uh, eighty-five Creed came out in like two thousand twelve, so he would have been like in his late twenties. No, it, it fits storyline okay. wise. And and so like Apollo, if you if you track that back, and so he was cheating on his wife. Yep. He's depressed. He wants to get back in the ring and fight, and yep. he's just trying to figure out these personal demons. Yep. And to what you said, the whole thing was a death wish. There's a moment after the first round when, oh my god, like we got we got to stop the fight. Hey, we can't do this anymore. And Apollo looks at Rocky I've got this and looks down. at Tony. I love this part. And he says, "Don't stop this fight, no matter what." And then he looks back at him and says, "No matter what." And then he looks over at his wife in the crowd and kind of gives her like a f- yeah. like a fist pump. Yeah. It's his way of basically saying like goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's exactly so dark. It. It's, it's dark. So it's dark. dark, but it's comical. It's it's cartoon death. It is. It's like a cartoon. Yeah, he and realizes- then the corner guy. The corner guy. I just love that guy. The throw in the towel guy. Throw in the damn towel. Oh, the this trainer. is supposed yeah. to be an exit. Yeah. He, he's he's just fantastic. Yeah. And uh, then and then and then quickly, they also slow him down. So he, he goes, No. <laughs> this is the moment that Apollo knew he was gonna die, probably. Now the two fighters come to the center of the ring for the instructions from referee Lou Filippo. You boys know the rules. Watch your low blows, kidney punches, rabbit punches. In case of a knockdown, you go to the corner I tell you to. And you stay there until I tell you to come out. Shake hands and have a good fight. All right, it's time to go to school, son. Come on, get your hands up, man. You need an interpreter? It's time to go to school. You will lose. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so great. He's all cocky. He comes out. He's got the full American. He's yeah. got the Uncle Sam garb on. James Brown. Everyone's rocking. <laughs> Going to beat he's, this guy. He's ass. up on that perch, and Drago's like, "What the heck is?" <laughs> and then, and then it's time to touch gloves. Instead of touching gloves, though, they do like the yep. the, the pounding yep. of the gloves, which is I don't know why they do that in this movie, other than to show like <laughs> Drago has concrete forearms and will not be moved. So, uh, Declan, your favorite part of Rocky Four? <laughs> well, outside of the amazing '80s montages. Uh, from the first one of him driving. I think we missed the part when he's driving home from the funeral and he's remembering all of his moments with Apollo, running on the beach and training with him and all those. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, But also just his training in Russia, or I guess Wyoming and Vancouver where the setting was. (laughs) But the fact he's like going on sprints, and I know it's cold, it's Russia, but there's no way in hell Rocky or any person be wearing that thick of a coat <laughs> running through the streets yes. of the mountains yes. of Russia. Dude. He's wearing like a thick winter coat. Yes. Do, you, do you guys know how many years young Phil Mackey spent looking for a coat that looked like that and a Hugo Boss white hooded sweatshirt that looked like the ones they were wearing <laughs> okay. in the Apollo fight? The, the, the sweatshirt's not bad, but at what point in time did you begin to realize that there is no way on God's green earth that anybody who was going to run, to Declan's point, would run in a coat like that. No one would. <laughs> Think about how much no he would one. just like 
all the sweat would just be oh. inside your body. It's also sort of a nice coat. It is a very it's nice like coat. It's like a deer skin nice coat. Yeah, it's like the type of coat that you'd be pretty proud to wear in cold yeah. weather. So so the fight takes place in Russia on Christmas <laughs> for no title, no money. It's just he's just he just wants it's just about him and Ivan Drago. And and so I I took note through the montages of all the different things that he did to train. <laughs> so he climbs up a mountain and yells Drago at the end. Drago! Right? He runs through a at one point he's running through a creek with his like sorrel boots or whatever. Yes, which he doesn't look at the depth of, which means he could have drowned. Fortunately, he didn't. <laughs> right. uh, he's carrying <laughs> logs around in the snow, like up yep. on top of his his traps. He's sawing wood at one point. He does sit ups hanging over the edge of a barn loft. It looks like he does tricep curls with a bag full of boulders, like a netted bag full of boulders. Yep. He drags us at one point he's crawling on all fours in the snow, dragging a sled that has boulders and his brother-in-law Polly on it, right? Polly, yeah. I'm probably missing a couple things, but and, and his the, wife too, right? His wife yeah, was his sitting on the one crate. Point. Yeah. Yep. yep, she's in the crate. They're also doing the thing where Cuz she weighs a lot. <laughs> well, she's yeah, she's uh she's probably been eating better in the last couple Rocky movies than in the first one when they were just poor and living in the streets of Philadelphia. But um but he's yeah. at one point doing like these sit-ups too and and the trainer guy is as hard as he can no slapping pain. his 10-pack of abs, yep. too. No yep. pain. Unbelievable. Yep. Uh, all right. My favorite part of Rocky Four, <laughs> Declan already alluded to it. It is it's, it's, it's my least favorite part, which we'll get to into my favorite part. But it's the greatest speech and montage in cinematic history. Oh, wow. Okay. Rocky Balboa has just held a press conference to announce he's fighting a killing machine in Russia, and his wife is very worried about it. And go with what you are. Have you read the papers? You know what everybody says? It's suicide! You've seen him, you know how strong he is. You can't win! Adrian always tells the truth. No, maybe I can't win. Maybe the only thing I can do is just take everything he's got. But the baby, he's going to have to kill me. And to kill me, he's going to have to have the heart to stand in front of me. And then cue Robert Tepper's No Easy Way Out, a four-minute montage of clips from every Rocky movie, yep. him shifting a hundred times in his Lamborghini <laughs> and driving through the empty streets. I think they live in L.A. at this point. Okay. And driving through the empty streets going like 90 miles an hour. And it's just like that song has been on my workout playlist for 20 years, gentlemen. <laughs> it's an unbelievable montage. It gets you fired up for the rest of the movie. It reflects on the other Rocky movies. And it's just very much four or five of my favorite minutes of cinema. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable! That Lamborghini man. The montage. The montages are oh, so, so great. Classic eighties. <laughs> it's just hilarious. The fight scene. Every with, one of them with are the, where they're just like they're punching each other with full haymakers, yes. and then slow motion. You see like their lips moving and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Least favorite part about Rocky Four. My least fa- favorite part is actually to go um, to the fight itself. It's this one. So Apollo. I believe in two rounds is dead. Yes. I, I think he lasts second, about the second round knockout. I think yeah. he lasts in, into the second round. Don't stop the fight no matter what. I think he lasts into the second round and then he dies. Yep. And Rocky, meanwhile, lasts the entire fight. But they did basically. some parallels. Like they made it look like, right. but oh, in, he might get killed in the first round. Too. They did. They did. But here's my least favorite part. In the first round, Apollo gets beaten to a pulp, and his he's a mess. Like, you think he's he is going he's to die. die. And his face <laughs> is a complete. Rocky, I believe, in the first round, 
And they basically showed you a lot of what they perceived to be the first and second round, and then it became a fight montage. Yeah. In the first round, Rocky takes a beating that Phil's right, very similar, mm-hmm. and has one cut. <laughs> well, he's got the one cut on the listen, right side. He's got, a, he's got an iron jaw. What a, you? Apollo, right, but a guy would get cut more. Apollo's face, a complete mess. Rocky, one cut. Which they basically kept up to, to I think they swole his eyes about halfway through the fight. But if you're going to draw the parallel that he's going to get the beating that Apollo Creed got from Drago, I need more than one are, cut, which they basically repair quickly between the first and second round. Are you saying if two guys, one guy who, by the way, uh, if, if, you, if you picked up when they were initially introducing Ivan Drago to the American media, and we got to do a section in this podcast about the Russian manager guy. Oh, he's a fantastic. Just great. And he's talking about Ivan Drago. <laughs> Ivan Drago. He always says Malkovich. Right? It's, but it's, his is more honed than Malkovich's, yes, I would argue. His is really good. The average, the average boxer averages 700 pounds of, of pressure per square inch. Ivan Drago, and then they show him punching the machine or whatever. Yeah, they show him. Average 1,850 pounds per square inch. If that dude is unloading haymakers on you for fifteen rounds, your face would be a vegetable. Yeah, you'd be, di- be you dead. You would die, and, and you would die. Question off that too. So when they show Rocky training, they always come back with Drago basically doing the same thing, but you know, with uh, uh, treadmill with great equipment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's one point in time where Drago gets done doing something, and they take a needle and stick it in in him. Is yeah. that supposed to be steroids. the fact steroids. that it's steroids? Yeah. yeah. And then there's the scene at the beginning when they're doing all the technology and they're introducing and he's punching 1,850 pounds per square inch. Okay. And at one point, one of the American reporters asks, hey, there's been all sorts of allegations of Russian blood right. doping. And and you see uh, Bridget Nielsen, his wife, kind of gives it like the... Uh-uh, like the Mark nope. Gastineau's former wife, right? And, In real life. And Sylvester Stallone's former wife oh. between 1985 and 1987. They were married when this no, movie came no, out. No, whoa, yeah. you buried the lead! <laughs> Are you serious? Sylvester Stallone and Bridget Nielsen were married I had no idea. from 1985 well, I didn't to 1987. Yeah, he looks like Dolph. They look like they could be siblings. They really do. They, do. they look. Oh it looks God, like he's I, dating his sister. I must. Married if I knew that, I forgot a long time so, ago. So she went. She went in the 80s. She went Sylvester Stallone, Mark Gastineau. I remember and the then, Gastineau thing well. And then, like 15 years later, she was with Flava Flav for a oh minute. Oh my God. Because she was on that VH1 I, reality so show. Have, so he cast his own. What? Oh my God. I don't know if he cast her. While they were together, or if they met on set and then oh, got okay. together, I All don't right. know for sure. Okay, but they definitely were well, the married. The steroid in thing was like they just quickly show a needle go into <laughs> Drago. It's like, oh, okay, yes. All right, Declan, your least favorite part of the greatest movie in cinematic All history. Right, maybe Good just, luck. Maybe it's just because I don't understand the Rocky trilogy or all the all the movies. But is there a more useless person in a corner than Paulie? Now you're getting into my least favorite like, part. Paulie has no need to be in the corner of Rocky. And like be helping him training, like he's just he's just a useless guy. What's Dude, he doing? He's a bad winning. Guy. Yeah. How about the whole thing too? Like, I this love Paulie. To illustrate even more about Paulie's just a leech, man. He's a leech. You know, and you're you and I have an overlapped okay. uh, least favorite thing. There's the scene where Paulie oh, gets all guys. emotional. He lets yeah. his guard down and he says, "If I could step out of my own skin and be someone else, I want to be you, Rock. You're all heart, Rock." Now bust this guy's teeth out. And then they get in the ring, and he sees how big this guy is. He goes, Rock, remember all that remember stuff I told thing? you? Yeah. Right before, Okay, right before Rocky's <laughs> okay. about to enter the biggest fight of his life, and yep. Pauly says, ah, you know what? I'd rather not. Pauly is one thing, boys. Comic relief. He's supposed <laughs> to be funny. Well, but I don't think he was comic relief, really, until Rocky Four. Like, 
Rocky, I'm trying to think of Rocky 3. He, was, he wasn't as much of a character in Rocky 3. Rocky 4 was the first that time they really used him as comic relief. 3 was Mr. T? Mr. T, Clubber Line. Okay. Uh, Rocky 1, he, he, was, he, was like, he was an abusive, verbally and physically abusive, drunk brother-in-law. Yeah. That Rocky, oh, Rocky like, 1 had to, was about bored man. Rocky 1 was not much into the humor. Like, no. Rocky 4 was Ro- more Rocky tongue-in-cheek. Rocky 1 was a serious sports film. Yes. So, uh, Declan and I overlap in our least favorite thing here. My least favorite thing is more just the terrible family support system around Rocky <laughs> Balboa. Think about this. So, so his brother-in-law, Polly is a down-and-out alcoholic who basically just bleeds the family's money, as you find out at the beginning of Rocky V. That's right. So, Rocky IV, they live in a mansion yeah, in California. It. He's the heavyweight champion of the world. They're yep. loaded. He's got all Stallion, these endorsements. Stallion, He's stallion, yeah. not Rocky. The beginning of Rocky Five, as they explain it, they gave full control of the of the family's finances <laughs> to Paulie, and he somehow well, got involved in a bad investment, and they lost all their money. Okay, then they got what they deserved. They did. If you give it to that idiot, you get what you deserve. So, so he's just he's just a leech on the family. He's a bad guy. He's abusive. His wife Adrian is also the worst. Okay, oh, God. So in Rocky One, she wasn't. She just didn't like talk in Rocky One. She was just kind of a. Just kind of a wet blanket girlfriend in Rocky One. Okay. Rocky Two, she initially didn't even want him to fight Apollo Creed for the title. Like Rocky Two is his chance to really emerge as a top heavyweight fighter. And here's his wife, his life partner, who the whole time is like, "No, no, we, we got to start a family. Like we got to do this and that." And finally, at the end, she's like, "All right, go ahead and go ahead and win the fight." Rocky Three, she implored him not to fight Clubber Lang throughout the entire movie, and. And is chastising him for, and finally at the end she comes around. Like she always comes around at the last minute. And in this one, like she almost divorced him. Like listen, listen to this. This is your support system. Can't go with what you are. Have you read the papers? You know what everybody says? It's suicide. You've seen him. You know how strong he is. You can't win. Like what? She's how about some support? She screeches the lines too. You can't win. You can't win. In fairness, in fairness, I will say to yep. Adrian, okay, yep. Rocky did hold an international press conference to announce that he was fighting a killing machine on Christmas Day in Russia for no money. That's okay, yeah. And, and did not tell his wife that this was happening because the press conference gets done. Yeah, and they all come. She down. like shows up at her own house. There's media outside. They're asking her, "What do you make of the fight in Russia?" And she's like, "I don't even know what you're talking about." So Rocky went forward with an international press conference announcing to the world he's going to fight Ivan Drago and didn't run it by his wife. And the look on Paulie's face when somebody asks uh, the stallion, what are you getting for this? He goes, nothing. Pauly, what? who, as you just said, is about to take over the family finances, is like, are you kidding me? Right. Nothing? Nothing? You got to do what I got to do. Um, two things. The robot. That is an underrated member of this family Happy in Rocky Rocky That The robot is hilarious. The second thing about Stallone films, there's a theme here. And we saw it in, a, in Dex's favorite film last week, Rambo 3. And, and we saw it again in Rocky 4. And I believe it's a theme. And I don't know if this carried on, Phil, or not. But what's interesting about Stallone films around that time, and it's very, very smart because it makes the films easy to make and you could probably make them quickly and churn them out. Modicum of dialogue. I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) I have analytics. You do? I have analytics. Yes. I have all of Ivan Drago's lines in this movie. And all of the words that he said. Okay. Okay? These are all of Ivan Drago's lines. And by the way, a huge character. 
Oh, yeah. like like not just uh, like the sort of important. Absolutely. His lines were, "You will lose. <laughs> I cannot be defeated. I defeat all man. I defeat real champion. If he dies, he dies." Yep. There's there's this one. The Russian towers above the American. It's a true case of David and Goliath here. It's unbelievable the the, the condition of both men. And then at the very end, he says a couple lines in Russian that translate to I fight to win for me, Mm -hmm. for me. Ivan Drago had seven lines in this movie. Seven. First words by Drago, not uttered until 28 minutes and 38 seconds (laughs) of the film. I tracked it. The running time is like 1.30 something. Yes. It's a short film. What started out as a joke has turned out to be a disaster. Appears to be in very serious condition. The men alive. If he dies, he dies. But if you and somebody, maybe someone's done the research on the internet. Okay, Ivan Drago, and we'll rank our our villain at the end of the uh, the podcast here. He's one of the great action movie villains of all time. He's he's iconic. Like people repeat lines. Like he's probably the most iconic Rocky villain. I mean, Apollo Creed is was a villain for the first two uh, Rocky movies, but how can you have a guy? It's just amazing. Like this guy is built up as this this figure of action movie uh, villain, right? And the guy has seven lines. Like yeah. that's genius. But there, but, seven yes. lines. But he was those films revolved around the ability to have impact lines as opposed to a lot of lines. Yes. It's actually very very smart. Less is more. <laughs> okay, would you guys have thrown in the damn towel? Yes. <laughs> One hundred percent, yes. I love how he waits, though, and, and he's like, "I have to respect Apollo's wishes." And Apollo is brain dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's so like you guys in that moment. If you're, if one of your best friends, can I ask you says, a question hey, about dude, this? Though? Don't stop this fight. Here's the one thing. So Apollo falls, and the announcers are saying it looks terrible. It looks like he's seriously hurt, right? And there's a huge crowd that rushes the ring, and it's mostly, as far as I can tell, media and photographers. Mm -hmm. And they're calling for a doctor. And this is 1985, not 1887, okay? (laughs) They're calling for a doctor, and there is no doctor ringside after this man has, in slow-mo, by by the way, again, I love how he falls in slow motion. No! Yeah, you you literally have but like there's no doctor. you have like forty reporters and camera people in, in the ring. Him and Ro- Rocky's holding his Rocky's dead lifeless like, body. Give him some air. Give him some like air is going to help him. Like he's breathing anymore. Yeah, where is security at this fight? You think, by the way, a fight that includes like, in the middle of the Cold War, you have a Russian versus an American. There's not security to keep media just like, hey, you guys can take pictures, you but don't crowd James the ring. Brown Brown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, James Brown there and no doctor. <laughs> Thank you. There's no doctor and there's apparently no security. Um. All right, Russian manager guy. Some great lines by Russian manager guy in this one. <laughs> this guy's actually really good bad guy. He is. I really he's, enjoyed him. He's. Uh, in fact, he, I think he he's a worse bad guy straight up than Drago because Dr- Drago's character is doing his job a, as a trained right. machine. This is the guy who's exploiting Drago. He's like Russian Don King, right? He comes in. He's a <laughs> promoter Drago picks guy. Him up by the throat at the end and throws <laughs> his line about Rocky doesn't have the genetic. To win, like that was great. Uh, Drago is a look at the future. 
The other line I wrote down here from Russian manager guy was, we fight in Soviet Union or we fight nowhere. Yes. And then they get into That's the next one. Great line. And it's, perhaps the simple defeat of a little so-called champion will be the perfect example of how pathetically weak your society has become. We go! It's like the guy's He's amazing. a great bad guy. <laughs> Amazing. And, right. and Creed and antagonizing him is also great because it allows him to get more lines off. Yes, yes. All right. Other observations from you guys that stood out in Rocky Four. Yeah, what else should we dive into? You got some more? I have, I have my notes. I've got some stuff from Wikipedia that we I, have to get into, oh, and including stuff about Rocky's training regimen or yes. Sylvester Stallone's training regimen as well. Um, oh, the soundtrack. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, Kenny Loggins, baby? You had, yeah, you had... Like at the beginning, you had sort of, sort of like the yacht rock type songs, the Kenny Loggins, Gladys Knight, uh, Double or Nothing. You had Go West doing a song in there somewhere. Survivor pumping out a couple more hits, and they also in this soundtrack because Eye of the Tiger is playing at the very beginning as they recap Rocky. That was the great thing about Rocky movies; they always recap what happened at the end of the last one. Of course, yeah, so that's you can good. just kind of jump right in. Oh, okay, like he, the, the all right, cool, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he uh, he beat Clubber yeah. Lang in the last fight. We can yep. just jump right in. Um, and then uh, No Easy Way Out by Robert Tepper is just one of the great montage songs. Of, of so I, I've got more from the main fight. Start with this one. Why? I know that, that the stallion's a great fighter and he, he's got the, uh, the, the jaw that you can't knock him out. Yeah. But the fact that the Russian crowd just suddenly sort of adopts him. On Christmas Day, when, in when it's Russia, yeah, in Russia, he's when he's, he's, when it starts out that they hated underdog. him, right? But I still think the Russian crowd in front of the premiere too, right? Like the Russian, the Russian hierarchy is all there above the crowd, and the crowd adopts Rocky. Sort of weird. The the anti-Russian sentiment still though at the end is fantastic when they do basically the anti-communist thing. Where Drago picks up bad guy manager, and he's like, "You're losing, you're," a, and he takes him and throws him out of the corner by his throat to show to show you to show you that the producers of this film still believe that the American way <laughs> is the right way because Drago says, "I fight for myself." Hey, Which is the very anti-Russian thing to do. You're supposed to fight for the country, right? It is. It is a little bit backwards. And this is, you know, this is how Rocky ended the Cold War. To, if there is any this at is all it, yes. historical confusion about how the Cold War ended, it's this. In here, there were two guys killing each other, but I guess that's better than twenty million. So what I was trying to say is, if I can change. And you can change. Everybody can change. All right, so over. here's my question yep. off that speech. It's clearly done in, uh, in a sound studio of some sort, and then they just put in the applause, which is hilarious because he's supposed to be talking in front of this enormous crowd, right? There's no rustling there's no nothing until the the end when they mix in the polite soundtrack of <laughs> thank golf, you rocky it's like a golf clap thank you yeah. rocky that was a very nice speech <laughs> right. rocky amen corner um oh. here's another question i have too about ivan drago so he kills one of the greatest fighters of all time apollo creed in the ring on national international tv okay in this exhibition fight just like automatically becomes one of the most dangerous humans in the world right yep, yep. 
who are these sparring partners? Like, what are they signing up? He, yeah. He's basically like killing his sparring partners. Like, what would it take for you to sign up after watching him kill Apollo Creed? What would it take for you to sign up to be that dude's sparring I think partner? In, I don't think uh, circa 1985 in Russia, you had a choice. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's communist R- Russia, man. If they told you to do something back then, you did. I guess. God, I would I me. would actually argue that Drago did not kill Apollo. I would argue Rocky did. Doesn't throw in the towel. There's a lot of guilt there, and rightfully so. It's an exhibition. Yeah. When Apollo, if your friend said to you, don't let him stop the fight no matter what, and then took a dramatic pause and said, no matter what, you'd be like, dude, you're done. Sorry, right? <laughs> it's over. Yeah, it's over. I would argue Apollo Creed's corner killed Apollo Creed much more so than the Russian fighting machine Drago. Well, and and the referee doesn't step in. It's, at some point, does the referee not just like block? You know how they, they'll block off a fighter who's incapacitated? I, I think, all right, so impromptu pecking order here. Rank the people who are most accountable for Apollo Creed dying. Apollo Creed himself has to be pretty high up on that yeah. list, right? Yeah, I'd say Apollo Creed won. How about Apollo Creed's wife for not being nearly as concerned about him entering this fight but as we, a, even we know Adrian why. was? He was she. He was true, he was catting around. She that's, probably found that's, out. That's a good point. And, and it's like around. I got a big life insurance policy coming <laughs> if this idiot gets killed. Shut. <laughs> I she, got millions. She coming. looked upset, but I can guarantee you now, watching it again, she wasn't that upset. Yeah, she was holding a towel too. It had it up in the air, and then she's like, "Actually, <laughs> I'm good." On in this. slow mo, she took it and was like, oh, "Okay, I'm not going to throw that out." Uh, Apollo Creed, Rocky, and Apollo's corner, I would say, is two. You're probably right, Phil. Ref is probably three. The ref's gotta be He's got to stop it, and Dra- and Drago's probably four. Yeah. Drago was doing his job. Yeah. Did you guys think, in retrospect, especially knowing what happened in Rocky Five with them losing all their finances, that Rocky gave up I too go back much? And watch Rocky Five. Do you think he gave up too much in the pre-fight negotiation here? All right. So you're sitting on, like, I get that emotions are running high, but you're sitting on the heavyweight champion of the world against the most destructive Russian force that just killed Apollo Creed. Okay. Yep. If you stop right there, including Muhammad Ali and Frazier, and Foreman, and all the great fighters in history to that point. Would yep. there have been a bigger fight in American or even world history than beloved underdog heavyweight champion against villain Russian guy, okay? Like, the, the millions of dollars that he could have made off this fight. Yep. So he gave up, to fight Ivan Drago, he gave up money, he gave up Christmas, and he gave up doing it in the United States. And he didn't the tell Russians his wife. didn't have that much leverage. And he did, didn't tell his wife. He didn't tell his wife. Whoops. I feel like if you're going to go to Russia and you're going to fight on Christmas, you should at least get a few million dollars for participating in the fight. I, I think he gave up too much in the fight negotiation. Why also would, would you need to make your training base Russia? I mean, his logic was, I just want to get away from everything. And when they get to Israel, okay, go to Florida. When they get to right, <laughs> go to a training facility go in anywhere. Florida, dude. Go to Wyoming where they film the movies. <laughs> yeah. So, so they get one of my nitpicks here is they get to this training headquarters. It's in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Like they, it's like a four-hour drive out to the middle of Siberia or wherever the hell they are. Right. Yes. There's no TV. There's nothing. There's, there's Paulie a, was upset by that. But this is where this is. I don't know if if someone didn't go back and like fact check. So the fight is on Christmas. So the lead up to the fight is throughout December. And Paulie's bitching because he can't watch the Rose Bowl. Well, the Rose Bowl's on New Year's Day, right? Oh, you're gonna nitpick that. But like, no one goes. It's a sports movie. No one goes through and is like, 
uh, it's a good line, but this fight's on Christmas. Let's make it something else. Like, let's like we're gonna spend the next week in Russia too. I guess you know that was probably the plan. I can't watch were the they, blue they, they, they were gonna hang out for another week. Yeah, it must have been New Year's Eve at that cabin. Oh. I can't watch the <laughs> Nikon Tires Bowl. Damn it! Oh my god. Uh, do you guys want to hear about some of the inside stuff from filming here? Like oh, Rocky's so much, body composition. There's so much and, great stuff. Oh, okay, because there, there's a whole thing too here, Phil, from Wikipedia that, that we should talk about. Is it where Rocky goes to the hospital? Yes, because yeah, it's because there's two things here that it's clear Stallone has has in the years after this film revealed. Right, go through them that and the thing with Apollo. And tell me if you if do we believe these things or are these yeah. Stallone basically going back and being like this sounds good? All right, so I, I got questions. Sylvester Stallone has stated that the original punching scenes filmed between him and Dolph Lundgren in the first portion of the fight are completely authentic. Stallone wanted to capture a realistic scene, and Lundgren agreed that they would engage in legitimate sparring. One particularly forceful Lundgren punch to Stallone's chest slammed his heart against his breastbone causing the heart to swell. Stallone, suffering from labored breathing and blood pressure over 200, was flown to the set in Canada, uh, was from flown the from the set in Canada to a hospital in Santa Monica. Of course, he had to get some <laughs> and was And was forced into intensive care for eight days. Stallone later commented he believed Dungren had the athletic ability and talent to fight in the professional heavyweight division of boxing if he wanted to. Let's stop right there for a second, okay? If you get punched in the chest and you're in intensive care for eight days and you, you and it's a heart related issue yes. all right you're in trouble you're not just like getting out of the hospital and going right back into what is still like even if you're not actually sparring like right the physical taxing nature of playing rocky in a boxing movie i would think like you're not just gonna like roll out of bed and you're can you buzz that please it's gotta be bs i think it's probably ex- i don't think it's fully bs oh i think he probably got hurt but but so i went back or I, I read this before I watched the film. So when the scene came up where they're fighting, I watched it pretty closely to be like, how authentic does this look? Because clearly th- this is trying to say it, it was authentic. Yeah. I'm not saying that there couldn't have been punches delivered because I think there were. But did you think you saw anything that resembled a prolonged period of of Drago actually or of, of Dolph actually punching Sylvester that Many times. Well, they probably, they probably like, you know, I, I'm just making this up, but they probably filmed like two hours of fighting and only grabbed, you know, three minutes well, for the actual montages. They didn't need a lot. There also was just, I love I'm calling how, BS on this one. I love how they decided to listen. Like a regular boxing match is a lot of feeling out and some jabbing. Like you watch the Creed, when you get to Creed and Creed 2, they look more like regular boxing matches where they're kind of feeling each other out and they're sure. circling. This movie is just haymakers Boom. for 15 rounds. <laughs> And these guys don't even really get that tired until the end, too. Rocky's like on the hours. mat how many times? No fewer than eight times he gets knocked down. No standing eight counts. Or just, just falls. Right back up. That's my favorite. He just falls sometimes. So additionally, Stallone had stated that Dolph Lundgren nearly forced Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed, to quit during the filming of the Apollo versus Drago exhibition fight. At one point in the filming of the scene, Lundgren tossed Weathers into the corner of the boxing ring. Weathers shouted profanities at Lundgren while leaving the ring and announcing that he was calling his agent and quitting the movie. <laughs> Only after Stallone forced the two actors to reconcile did filming continue. The event caused a four-day work stoppage while Weathers was talked back into the part and Lundgren agreed to tone down his aggressiveness. Hey, Dolph, Carl, let's get over with. You got to check the cash. Like, do you guys believe that this actually happened? 
I think there's probably some like if you're getting it's a movie. It's you're more believable than the intensive care story. I'm with Declan on this one. Okay. It's yeah, I could sort of see it. Four day work stoppage seems a little excessive to me personally, but I could definitely because you we've seen it. The shot he's talking about where he where he of course great boxing move throws the opponent in a wrestling move across the ring and off the ropes. Yeah, but. It's pretty good, actually. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, that I, I think the part I they're referring that. to is actually in the movie. They, it is. They kept he, throws, movie. he throws guys off the ropes. Yeah. So, Sylvester Stallone, you might be wondering if you watch. So, Declan, you've seen Rocky 1 and now Rocky 4. And Correct, the one yeah. thing you may have noticed is how different Sylvester Stallone's body composition looks. Like, Rocky 1, I think he's in shape, but he doesn't have a six-pack yeah. or anything. He's, he's just like kind of, he's a bulky, in-shape guy. And in this movie, and in Rocky 3, by the way, and all the Rambo movies. So basically from like 1981 through the end of the 80s, he was just a shredded machine oh. of a human being. No pain. And there's an article on medium.com that sort of documents all the different things that he did working with uh, bodybuilding legend Franco Colombo. You guys might remember him from those old those old World's Strongest Man events that used to run on like ESPN2 all the time. Okay. So Franco Colombo used to compete in those in the 70s, and he's been in different movies and stuff. So uh, these are quotes from Sylvester Sloan. Back in those days, I would do literally anything and everything to burn more fat. I wanted to get as lean as possible. I'd go for long morning cardio, which usually consisted of jogging or swimming, and then do about 18 rounds of sparring in the ring for Rocky, and then I'd hit the gym for about two hours. This is all while I was also writing, directing, and starring in a movie. So, yeah, I didn't sleep too much. He was also on a mission to create the best physique the movie screen had ever seen circa 1981. And there's all kinds of pictures on it. If you just Google medium Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of pictures of him. I'll show you guys a couple of them here. Um, actually, I'll, let me let me pop these on the screen here real quick so you guys can see this. He's 72 years old and still works out hardcore, by the way. I don't know if you guys have. Do you think he got any help back then? <sighs> Almost certainly, right? I would think so. I yeah, don't think dude. you get to be that big just through working out. There's, yeah, there's almost no way you would look like that. All right, take a look at how shredded these. These are like selfies of Sylvester Stallone here. I'll pop on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. The Rambo look at the bottom, yeah, John Rambo. He's got the short shorts and absolutely no body fat anywhere to be found. So Same. Just hey, like can, Declan Can Goff. you find yeah, one from a picture of him from the first Rocky? I'd just be curious to see the difference if there's a picture available. Find one real quick here, yeah. Because I think it is uh, starting. You're right that he doesn't. Yeah, he looks completely different than he does from Rocky Four versus Rocky One. He also his face looks kind of different. Yeah. in Rocky One. So the the Rambo franchise started in '82. Is that right? '82, '83, yeah, around there. there. Yeah. So, so this was right in the heart of the Rambo franchise launching too. So he had to be bigger than life. And we did, you know, we did uh, this photo. I, I I'm having trouble finding one that's going to fit the screen here. So let's just move okay. on from it. But people can Google if they want to see. Um. All right. So let's get to definitive anything else that we didn't cover here that needs to be covered before we get to I definitive bad guy rankings here. i took a lot of notes oh, i'll give you one more little film. nitpick at the beginning when rocky is celebrating his anniversary with adrian and he says he like I'm three different times forget, so. you're right the th- like three different times rocky calls presents prizes did you guys found that, that weird i did not even notice that he well, does open, open your prize open your open your prize he doesn't have time to fix dialogue even, screw-ups even if it looks like a snake don't worry because it won't bite you the night's not over <laughs> you know what too 
Rocky's kid sort of a wimp for being Rocky's kid. Well, he's strong enough to hang out with a robot on Christmas Day, so he must be. Are you thrilled? He gets and he gets beat up on in Rocky Five. He, oh, gets, okay. he gets oh, bullied. Yeah. Oh, he does. Rocky Five must be very dark. It's it is, awful. It is, isn't it's, it? it's terrible. It's one of the worst. Who's the ever. opponent? That's the thing. There is no actual boxing match at the end of Rocky Five. Yeah. I've, oh, I've no. heard the legend. It's, it's kind of a half-baked street fight against oh, no. this rising boxing star. Yeah. That, if Rocky V had had an actual boxing match at the end of the movie instead of just like a street fight out back of a bar, you, it would have been more passable. What happened? I don't know. And actually, the end of <laughs> Rocky V was supposed to result in killing off the Rocky character. He had written a script. To where really? uh, Tommy Morris and Tommy Gunn was supposed to kill him in this back street brawl, and, and the Rocky series would just end. And I think I, I don't know who I, if it was MGM or who the the parent company was said we don't kill superheroes. And Rocky is at this point after five movies he is a superhero. So um, so they they wind up having this sort of half baked weird thing, or maybe they were supposed to fight in the ring initially, and so Stallone you know. He said, all right, well, if we're going to edit the end of the movie, then it's not going to take place in a ring. So he's broke. He doesn't have a real fight to make his Correct. money back. And his kid gets beat up on. What the hell's the point? Uh, that's exactly what most people would say about Rocky All right, Five. fair yeah. enough. So, But it is part of the Rocky franchise officially. I don't consider it at all in the lineage of Rocky movies. So definitive bad guy rankings, gentlemen. Well, let me ask you this first. Could this movie have gone an extra 30 minutes? No. It was perfectly timed. It was really well Perfectly timed. It didn't need it. Pace no. a movie, as Declan said, just. Yeah. Pace a play, baby. Absolutely. It, and and congratulations, too. That's a feat, right? Yeah, Because that's tough. It is. Yeah. If they wanted it to go an extra 30 minutes, they could have built out, like, tension between Apollo Creed and his wife or something. And just kind of, they could have shown a little more backstory about why he's been struggling so much out of the ring for five years. Yeah. But I'm glad they just skipped right past that. See you later, Carl. Definitive bad guy rankings. As of right now, all the movies that we have reviewed in Action Movie Rewind, we have Cyrus the Virus, number one, from Con Air, Dennis Hopper, the villain from Speed, number two, Angry Terrorist Ivan from Air Force One, number three, The Corrupt Senator from Hard to Kill, number four, oh, Chong that. Lee, the villainous mixed martial artist in Bloodsport, Bennett, the fat Freddie Mercury guy from Commando, <laughs> oh, he's awful. Bodhi from Point Break, General Hummel from The Rock, and, Rush, and the entire incompetent Russian military from Rambo 3, I'll just throw it out there. I think Ivan Drago is number one on this list. Who's one right now? Who's, yeah, who's one? Cyrus the Virus. And who's two? Ooh. Dennis Hopper. Ivan Drago is a much more iconic uh, yeah. bad guy than anyone on this list. Ooh, it's tough. Go ahead, Declan. I think I, I, think I can't. As much as I love speed and I love Hopper, uh, I, yeah, I have to put Drago above him. I really do. Just because, even though the less is more, I think, I think he's second. I think Cyrus is probably still number one. Because that's like a true action movie. This is more a little bit of, of sports boxing well, but, involved. But it is it is an action movie. Yeah, he's an antagonist. He's a real antagonist. I'm not denying that. And if but. you were to survey if you were to survey 100 million people across the, the country or whatever, all right, have you heard of Ivan Drago or have you heard of Cyrus the Virus? Right. Ivan Drago would definitely be the more popular villain. Judd, is he number one or number two? Here's why I put him second. I put him second because you guys are terrible. because Ivan Drago because the one thing that this film did was they did a great job of giving him small a very small amount of script to go with and he was a good bad guy but the reality is they split the bad guys because I still think manager guy was actually more of a bad guy than Drago was Cyrus the virus with all of his um, dialogue 
Malkovich is phenomenal. Uh, if Drago had been sole bad guy, I think I might put him first. But because he wasn't, I put him second as well. But right. I think he is second. All right. Well, you guys but, are wrong on that. But, but we'll manager, guy, but you're manager means, guy, I think, I think has to be considered for the list himself too. For, he's a for good the first time. He, He's an accomplice. He's, he's a supporting. He's a villain. he's a yeah, bad, but he's a terrible person. Bad right. Russian. On a one through ten Seagal scale, Ugh. rate Rocky four. One through ten Seagulls. Judd? I am going to give Rocky four seven Seagulls. What? Whoa, I think that's criminally low, man. Seven seven Seagulls. What did you what? Seven Seagulls. Explain yourself. Why is it three away from ten? Why is this so Commando, well, first of all, it's a high Commando was a ten for you, I believe. Yes. Speed was a seven. Why is this? Yeah, why is this so far below because Commando? Com- because Commando achieved almost everything I'm I'm trying to find in, in what I consider to be fun and also slash sort of bad films. Rocky's got not a lot of redeeming points, but it's got a few. And so Commando Commando is is the ultimate to me in bubblegum bad guy. This is not the ultimate. It comes close, but I think wow. seven I think seven, it's not like I gave it a five. I think seven Seagulls is very fair. Declan? I, I'd say a nine. It's yeah, a nine yeah. out of ten. Yes. It's 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 a great movie. The pace is phenomenal. They they don't BS you at all. I would say a nine out of ten. You guys already know it's a ten for me. I, yeah. It's one of my two like favorite movies 11. of all time. Yeah. <clears throat> this is a movie that I stop on every time it's on TV. I've seen this movie probably That's two or three hundred times. And uh, it's a ten for sure. Who's up this week? Declan? I am up this week. All right. You get to pick one. And we okay. encourage you guys who are listening we throw out these movies a week in advance, and we encourage you to watch sometime during the week so that you're you're up to speed when you listen to these. Go ahead. Okay, so after that debacle last week of Rambo 3, um, which was the worst film I've ever seen, I want you guys to watch one of my favorite movies that I think you will hate. Oh, boy. It's an action movie, so it's not like it's, it's not, like a not, a, not an action movie. It's an action film, and it's kind of recent. It came out 12 years ago. I saw it at midnight, and I love this film, but a lot of people despise it. Before Declan says what it is, Judd, I just want the people to know here that we had training wheels on Declan the first time he picked a movie, and he gave us three we picked. We have taken the training wheels off Declan here. I am prepared, though, right now to punch in running time of film that we're about to hear. Okay. Just to to basically go through it, because the running time is going to be very important. It's under two hours. All right. Uh, Yep. 110 minutes, but it's under two hours. Wanted from 2008. Did you ever see Wanted? Wanted? Wanted. An act, it's an action thriller film. It's got James Mac, uh, uh, James McAvoy, Angelina Jolie, wow. Morgan Freeman. Remember yeah. the curve, the bullet? I don't know. I, I've never heard of okay. Wanted. Okay, so it, it's James McAvoy is, is a bit of a nerd, and he gets recruited into this assassin fraternity with Angelina Jolie, and he learns how to become an assassin, essentially. Okay. It's got a great cast. I'm a big fan of this film. I think you guys are going to like It's more modern, okay? So it's not... I won't say it's definitely not your cheese. There's not a lot of cheesy factors in here. I okay. will say that there's not a lot of cheesy factors, but there's a lot of ridiculousness and it fits the action film. It fits the requirements right, that we'll are go, for an action movie. We'll go with it. We'll so go wanted. With it. Wanted is next on our list. I'll have to read up because I've never heard of wanted. I'm excited. 71% rotten tomatoes. Yeah, it's wow. got a good score. That's not bad. Right. No, but it, it, there's some ridiculousness involved. That is just <laughs> hilarious. So I'm, I'm fine with excited. that. I'm really excited. Let's do it. As are, long as it's not too long, I am absolutely great it's, with it. It's this. 110 minutes, but it, it's it's good. That is Action Movie Rewind, gentlemen. Every Friday here on Mackie and Judd. We got to talk here after a brief pause about what a 50-game or even a 48-game schedule could mean for the Twins. We'll wrap with Royce after we talk about our friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. 
They've got some great offers to kick off the summer. Right now, you can get 0% interest for 60 months on all certified pre-owned Camrys and RAV4s. And all hybrids now have 0% financing as well. You can save a little gas, save a little money. If you're uh, bumming around at your log cabin training site in the middle of Siberia, um, you're going to need to drive like four hours to get there. So you want to save gas, save money if you're, if, you're guy, uh, if you're our guy Rocky. Luther Brookdale Toyota is here for you during these tough times on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and at their website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Quick thank you to DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Mackie and Judd. It's obviously crazy times right now, but one thing you can do is get out and ride, and the weather seems to be telling us it's time to get you and your motorcycle ready for this year's riding season. DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds. Whether you ride a Harley, cruiser, sports bike, dirt bike, or any type of motorcycle, they have what you need. Plus, Dennis Kirk has extended their offer of 0% interest for up to 12 months through June 30th. Over 160,000 products in stock and ready to ship today. DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m. Get it tomorrow. $89 order ship free. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. All right, we wrap with Royce here. Pat, there is a story from our friend Jeff Passan at ESPN.com that Major League Baseball is focused on now a 48-game season that starts sometime in July. And if that happens, I just want to turn every Baseball gets weird the fewer games you play. There's a reason why yes. you play 162, okay? I want to yes. turn if they play 50 games. I just want to point out that the 2011 99 loss Twins over a 50 game stretch in the middle of that summer had the best record in baseball. Yes. That's how weird yes. baseball can be in 50 game chunks. So buckle I up. I hope the uh, I hope the owners tell Manfred to uh, take a hike. That uh, we're not going to do this. We're not going to play a 48 game season. What uh, so. Basically, if you play 48, let's see, the national TV, Fox doesn't start doing games until after the All-Star break, right? I think they do now. They didn't for a while. I think they do now. No, but I mean, they do like, they do them on FS1, stuff like that. I don't, nationally, I don't think they did those games. Now, I might be wrong, but so uh, TV basically told them, we don't care about anything but the postseason. We'll give you most of your money, so just give us some teams. So, uh, and this would be uh, seven teams. Then we would put seven teams in each uh, yep. league in the playoffs. Then is that what? We yes. Do? What 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 is uh, wrong with them? I mean, what <laughs> if you're starting in July, you can play seventy. So what's the problem? What, the, what they're saying play, is right? that they lose on average, even with no that they're going to lose like six hundred forty thousand dollars per game. They don't want to pay the players. They're lying. They're lying. So that's what anyway. this comes down to. They do not want yes. to pay the play. They they would play ten games if they could get away with with that and call it a season and say let's start the playoffs because well, then yeah, the players I would think, make nothing. I think the only thing for the players to do would be say, you know, we're not doing this. So yep. see you next spring. See you next spring, fellas. So boy, and that right? what, what would that but what but, would that do for the sport? But though? the problem that well, it'll it'll really look idiotic for baseball. Football will be, you know, football is going to play uh, one third as many games as baseball. <laughs> They're going to yep. get started. Uh, and and by the way, when do they go to seventeen next year? So uh, 
I don't know. I think Manfred's a complete moron, and uh, this is uh, he, he must have some owners like uh, the guy down in Houston and those people who just uh, care as little about baseball as he does and just don't want to lose money. Huh? Yeah, I'm sure. Is that it? Yes, yeah, yes. But the problem is the, these these people, both sides. So if they don't play in 2020, they come back and play in 21. We're then almost certainly going to have a lockout or strike after 21. So the whole thing, just if they're not going to play in 20, I would lock them in a room and say, you've got to work out a deal that doesn't have a, a work stoppage after 21, because what the hell is going to happen if we get one season of baseball around two years of no baseball? It's ridiculous. Baseball is less well off by not playing this year than by playing a 48-game schedule, in my opinion. I would rather have them not play than play a 48-game schedule. What if it's 82? Oh, I'll take 82. I've told you I'd take 82. I'll take 70. You know, I'll take 70. 70 is my minimum. No, I can't play Yeah, Jeff Passan yeah. has, has kind of written out all of the math of this in terms of, like, projected losses according to ownership. It said playing an 82-game season would cost $326.4 million to operate and in terms of, like, prorated player costs and things like that. Um, and so they're, they're just, like, they're, they're haggling over tens of millions of dollars. So it is, it is understandable that there's a tug-of-war here. But I don't know. I just – if you're an owner, it's a, it's a one-year hit. So obviously if, if the players are going to make the same amount of money – Either way, the players are saying, let's play 82 games, basically, and let's just take yeah. the prorated, we'll take half of our pay. And, well, the players and, said 112 right. <laughs> two weeks ago. Right. And the owners are basically saying, well, every game we play without fans coming in is just more expense for us, and so therefore we need you to also take a pay cut beyond what we initially agreed to because we didn't account for there being no fans. I just, like, at what point? are the owners obligated to just sort of eat a little bit more money to play an actual measurable 80-game season? That's where that's what the question is. Well, here's what uh, – do you think the MLS is making any money? Now, obviously, the expenses aren't the same and the salaries aren't, but uh, by having a little tournament in Orlando with no TV money, they're, they, they at least know the importance of playing, right? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, the, the uh, NHL is not going to – make any money playing down in Orlando, uh, play wherever they play with their pods or whatever they are. But uh, they're not going to, you know, obviously baseball, uh, you know, the nut they have to crack is much larger. But uh, I don't you think we are still, uh, are, we're, we're still negotiating here. We're still throwing bombs at each other, trying to find a middle ground. Don't you think? I don't know. I think so, but I'm not sure now. I, I think that, so the, the last thing that I read is that that Manfred might have the right to tell them you're playing a 50-game season and basically that's it and they're supposed to play. My question then is, do they say screw you and, and say well, we're not going up. to play? And, yeah, and show up. up but they can show up, but everybody who fouls the ball off his foot is going to miss two weeks. You know? you're gonna have I'm not a, feeling so good. You're going to have a lot of guys not playing, aren't you? Yeah. Coming up, once you get you know, once you, uh, you know, once you uh, get to the point where you're on the active roster to start the season making your money, 
what's the incentive to uh, keep going? You think Blake Snell's going to go out there and give you eight starts or ten starts? He's going to say, yeah, I got a sore arm. So will Garrett Cole. And I don't blame yeah, him. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Garrett Cole for the you know money he's all the money he's got sitting there. That he's, although it's his is guaranteed, so he can blow out his arm and then really, uh, really uh, gouge him. Well, I wonder what uh, Boris has been quiet. Has he said anything about this? Put it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I know he hasn't said anything. About Not it. of late. I, I don't. I don't think Manfred. I tell you, Manfred hates baseball. Manfred is uh, Manfred is the anti-baseball commissioner. He just wants the power. He just wants to be the dictator, mm-hmm. and he does not. Uh, you know, he doesn't care about his game. Remember when we were so worked up because the Astros were cheating? That feels like a long yeah, time ago. Right. Now. That is the one. What I wouldn't I give was, for a garbage can I, bang these days. <laughs> I was ahead of. I was ahead of the curve on not giving a damn about that. I'll tell you, yeah. I was really ahead of the curve about that. I was not. Uh, I was not as worked up as most of America about uh, that, that idea. But uh, yeah, it is uh, the old. You know, one reason Manfred got the job as commissioner when Bud was pushing him was, but because he was able to make deals. What two? The last two deals with the players, right? Wasn't he the Mm-hmm. Wasn't he the negotiator? Mm-hmm. And uh, well, he certainly is uh, is uh, losing his reputation there. How did Bud, though, who who I think loves the game of baseball, how did Bud not come to the, the uh, realization that you have, which is deep in his soul, this guy doesn't give a damn about the sport? I don't think Bud could imagine anyone who didn't love baseball. <laughs> I don't think Bud could imagine it. Uh, I, I, Bud is, uh, I, I think Bud's still healthy. Arctic order, somebody over in Milwaukee should have smoked him out and got a couple of quotes, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I I haven't seen anything from Bud Seelig. I got that. an idea. Passing for commissioner. He's become basically the commissioner. How about uh He's a sharp guy. He and Rosenthal can sharp, work it together. Sharp guy. Well, you know, Kenny's great, but... Uh, Passon is the new generation scoop monster. It all goes through Passon. So. Yep, he is. So ESPN has Passon in terms of the, uh, like, they've got Woj bombs. They've got yeah, Shefty. Yeah, Woj, yep, yep. Well, Shefty is, Shefty's just in there wrestling with everybody else right now, don't you think? Yeah, yeah I think Shefty still. He, he gets quite be, a few. He's, he's in the top three. Do you know who I miss, though? Buster. I want more Buster again. Yeah. Buster's Buster. great. I think they got, got good Buster perspective. More, I got Buster more writing and perspective. I don't think they're. I don't think they're relying on Buster for scoops anymore. I think. Uh, I think that's passing it all. He's a pretty good guy. I had a nice talk with him this spring. So, so uh, he's not a bad guy. Pat, what are your weekend plans here? Ah, uh, God, it's gorgeous, isn't it? Wow, is this? Yeah, why have we had such amazing I, weather the last two months? Is it because no one was on the roads for like two? This months? would have been one of the great twins, traffic twins uh, springs of all time mm-hmm. as far yeah, as Target Field. Would have been home this weekend. I think I might drive to a few town ball ballparks on Sunday and see if these fellows are sneaking out there and playing games. Hmm. Something like that. I, I saw. That, I don't think they're going to put up with this anymore. They're just going to start playing and say the hell with everybody. I know that. Uh, some of them have been playing, you know, those up in the uh, in the west, out west, and a little bit north. They're going over to Fargo to play. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, there's teams down south playing in South Dakota. They're going over the border. I know the Hadley Buttermakers played a, a week ago in South Dakota. And some of our Legion teams, which are not Legion teams, I think, are playing in Sioux Falls in that area, too. So. I saw some, some guys in SLP when I was taking the dog for a walk a couple of days ago, some town ball guys uh, taking in batting practice. Yeah, well, they were, hell, they were doing that out in Delaware three weeks ago. So I'd like to see a game. Play a game. Yeah. Yeah, we can do it. I mean, we don't wear a mask. You know, once we uh, once we put uh, thousands and thousands of people shoulder to shoulder at various uh, protests, which were certainly uh, well deserved protests, it kind of all went by the board, didn't it? Yes. I mean, uh, I think I don't think we should worry about baseball as much anymore. And if a hundred people want to show up at the game and drink a beer, that's okay too. Yeah. Well, we'll. Uh... We'll see what happens. Hopefully baseball, I think baseball in the next week, Major League Baseball, if they don't get this figured out by about June 12th or something, I think we're on the verge of kissing it all goodbye, gentlemen. Yeah, and boy, will they look stupid with everybody else playing. <laughs> yes, they will. So do you think our wolves are getting shortchanged here? you think we should get to go to the tournament too? No. I do, damn it. No, yes. no, no. They should be <laughs> very thankful that their season's over. Now, wouldn't it be fun if the NBA – this is what the NBA should do every year. They should have every team – like sh- shave off like two or three teams just to make it a, a fair you know yeah. number of teams. <laughs> But, like, we should have bottom-feeding teams playing play-in games with their draft status already protected. So you, whatever your regular season record was, that's, where, that's how many ping-pong balls you will get. But now you get a play-in to get to the actual NBA tournament. Heck yeah, what do you say? Hey, Judd, by the way, yeah. Judd and I are old enough. You know who was ahead of their time for pandemic playoffs, Judd? Who's that? The NHL, when they were putting 16 out of 21 yeah. in the playoffs. Amen. <laughs> John Ziegler, man, he knew it. They were a Louis, remember the year Louis fired his coach to uh, coach the last two games to try to squeeze into these 16 out of 21 teams' playoffs. Didn't quite make it, I don't think. People laughed at hockey back then, and they're not laughing now. <laughs> Way ahead of their time. You got to get that top 80% in the playoffs. Come on. Amen. All right, Pat. See ya. See ya. Bye. Happened with Roycey here. I'm Mackie and Judd. Oh man, it is ridiculous how nice the weather is. It just it sucks. It's gorgeous. Great all spring. You know, and I would go watch a town ball baseball game today if I could find one. I will gladly pay twelve dollars for a Target Field beer right now. And I I pay more. I will. Yeah, but I'll take town team ball. I'll take whatever. I'll bring my own beer. I don't even care at this point. We have tried the last couple nights. I, I remember two weeks ago we had this conversation about, all right, when, when patios open up, what are you going to do? And my first thought was, I'm going to wait like a month. I just want to see if other people – I've literally tried three times in the last week to make a reservation. Well, you're right by the night of. Yeah, they're all booked. You're like yeah, right They're across. full. I'm not surprised. Is there, Are they full around you too in Minneapolis? Uh, so not, most of them in the North Loop aren't open yet because of the protests. But okay. I did notice today on my drive-in the guard is no longer at the Federal Reserve. They all moved out. So I, I do wonder in the next week here if some of them will start to open up a little bit more. Do you think that uh, some of these fringe crazy folks that were hanging around last weekend, do you think they've just been laying low waiting for the National Guard to leave some of these Possibly. places and they're going to be chaotic again? I think they're done because I, I think they thrive on the presence of a ton of people. Yeah, I can kind of cover And then up. They, they, they can uh, blend in and hide, right? Yeah. So I think once the protests clear out, they, these people don't, don't want to be exposed as like, hey, I'm one of five people here trying to burn something down. Yeah. So my guess is that they're going to move on to another 
protest or place where there is going on, where it's going on. Hopefully. Well, thanks for listening this week, everybody. And remember, you can help us out a lot by giving us a five-star review, five-star rating and a positive review on Apple or anywhere you're able to give such reviews on podcasts. Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. And check out our daily Vikings conversations at Purple Daily, the podcast and the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash scorenorth. Have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte. But for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month. And you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details.